My name is Abby and I'm the voice behind the Evolving Love Project. In this podcast, my husband and I deep dive into the topics of non-monogamy and polyamory, drawing from our experiences of being consensually non-monogamous for almost a decade. My name is Liam. Whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, curious or anything in between, we invite you to join us for this conversation. Let's begin. In today's episode, we discuss how the TV show White Lotus relates to non-monogamy. We invite an anti-polyamorous Instagram commentator onto our podcast, our recent dating experiences, and Abby's run-in with the MILF Hunter. Ah, what an amazing couple of months we've had. It's been incredible. It has been a wild ride. Lots of things happening. Lots of exciting things in the pipeline, too. I know. We had the beautiful, well, I had the beautiful women's retreat, which was so special. I knew that it was going to be special, but mm. honestly, I'm still just taking in how truly, is it weird to say the word magical? It felt magical. It was so amazing. You missed out. <laughs> I know. The photos looked magical and it was incredible to see so many people come from all around Australia. You had people flying in from from Perth, from Brisbane, from all over, really. I know. Newcastle, Sydney, Northern Rivers. It was just uh, the most amazing group of women. And I definitely mm. want to talk about it more. And I think that I'm actually, we're having someone come on to the podcast who was at the retreat. She's going to come on in a couple of episodes, I think. Yes, special guest. Yeah, we also met her on field last year. We did, but we'll save the story for, for maybe when she comes on we will. as a guest. We will. We'll talk about the retreat then. But yes. we also launched our conversation nights in Sydney. Mm. And we've been thinking about doing this for for quite a while, actually. And we've had the conversation nights going in Canberra for probably... Uh, two what, years. Almost, Yeah, almost two years now. And there was always uh, the temptation to head up the road and, and do a conversation night in Sydney. And I'm so glad we did because we met the most beautiful people. Mm, they were just incredible. And they were so happy that we'd come to Sydney. And some of them had been messaging for quite a while. Mm. And it was just like, now is the time. And now I'm getting messages from people from other cities being like, okay, you've broken out of Canberra. When are you coming to Melbourne? When are you coming to Brisbane? And Newcastle, all of these legends are from Newcastle as well. Yeah, I think there's something in the water in Newcastle. So if uh, if you are listening to this and you are from Newcastle, I'm sure everyone everyone that we meet from Newcastle always says the same thing and goes, oh, we just don't know that many people around. And we're thinking, we know heaps of people in Newcastle. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? I know. It's all happening. And I love that they drove to Sydney. A whole bunch of them drove to Sydney for the convo night. And they all met each other in the, in the Sydney convo <laughs> night room, all the Newcastle crew. Oh, gosh, what a beautiful night. And then we all went to a, there was a local bar close by and mm. we all had a hang and oh, it was just a great time. Yeah, it always, uh, well, I mean, usually in Canberra, the, the conversation nights finish and everyone hangs around, but because it's Canberra, there's not too many bars and open too late. But then in Sydney, this bar was just perfectly placed. And then even then they called last round for the drinks and I thought, oh, man, this is a bummer because we could have been hanging all night. I know, it was so good. Well, speaking of Newcastle, we were recently up in the Northern Rivers not too long ago. I was just thinking about that because I had a really funny situation happen while we were up there. Do you remember? Oh, I remember. <laughs> so we were there. We were in beautiful Bellingen in, in the Northern Rivers, catching up with some friends of ours, having a picnic. We had our 
beautiful sun with us, having a lovely time on a Sunday afternoon. And I was like, I've just got to go to the bathroom quickly. And there were these little bathrooms up the top of the hills. I went up to the bathroom. And then when I came out of the bathroom, there was this young guy setting up a slack line in between two trees. Mm. And he was, you know, just a lovely young nice looking young man, maybe 21 or 22. I don't know. I'm 35. He looked, he was younger. Anyway, he was so confident. I came out of the bathroom and he was like, isn't it a beautiful day? And I was like, it is a beautiful day. And I feel like people up there are particularly chatty and friendly and, you know, reflecting on the weather. I don't know. And he asked me immediately. He was like, I'm just setting up my slack line. Have you ever been on one before? And oh, I was so like, smooth. He was so smooth. And I was like, well, actually, no, I haven't. And he was like, do you want to have a go right now? And I was like, sure, I'll have a go. Mm. My mind immediately was like, oh, I really want Liam and our crew to come and like see me fumble about on this slack line. But you guys were all down the hill and couldn't see me. Anyway, next minute I'm up there. I'm trying to balance. He's holding my hand. And we start chatting about relationships. I feel like this always happens to me. He's telling me he's from Victoria and he's been like driving up to, you know, he's driving up to Cairns, which is like the top. For it's our, very far. For our, for our foreign listeners. For our foreign listeners. Such a journey. He's telling me about how he's got this girlfriend, but they just live their separate lives and they just connect when they connect and... I was thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds good. You know, I've heard, heard that one before, you know, love it. Do you? I'm going, yeah, great. You know, you do it your way, <laughs> slipping in the goods. Anyway, eventually you guys all come up looking for me. Well, at that point, we had we had noticed that you'd been gone for a while. Where did you think I was? Did you think I was unwell? No, I, th- I thought you'd you'd met a slackliner for sure. That was <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of in my in my mind when I was like, "Where did Abby go?" But it was it was funny because we were at the same time we were with one of uh, one of my friends and and her partner, and it was amazing because uh, she also went off to go and look for you, and then. I, I don't know if you remember this, but both of you ended up chatting with the slackliner. So then I was left with her partner thinking, where on earth did both <laughs> of the, the ladies go? And I think I made a joke to him like, oh, they're probably off flirting with the local boys. And then next thing. Oh my thing- gosh, there we were. There we were chatting with this guy. Anyway, of course, then our son ran up. He wanted to have a go on the slackline. That was lovely. Yeah. He got to have a little go. And then I think you walked off with him and then we were, we were saying bye or something and the guy's like, you know, good luck on your journey and have a say, you know, have a good, have a great time and something or other. And, and he had said to me earlier, oh, I had asked him, are you like van life? Are you like, because you're driving mm. up from Victoria, are you like living in your van? Because lots of people in that area are, are like hashtag van life. Mm. And he was like, no, no, I've just got my little Mazda, but I, but I camp everywhere. I, every night I camp. So I knew he had this little Mazda. Anyway, 
say bye to him. We're all walking off back to the cars. But at this point, I had said, I had joked to you and our friend. I was like, oh, okay. That guy seemed pretty flirty with you both. And then both of you were like, nah, he's, he wasn't flirting with me. And I was thinking, no, he was, he was definitely flirting with you. This guy is a genius. He is hanging out in all the local parks with his slack line, just waiting for unsuspecting hotties to approach him so he can go, oh, would you, would you like to have a ride? I thought he was so innocent. He was, mm. It was just so innocent and open-hearted and he seemed quite, you know, sorry, he seemed like just quite young. Anyway, we get back to, the car, back to our car. Next to our car is his car, this mm. Mazda. And on the back is this huge sticker on the back window that says MILF Hunter. <laughs> A true legend. Oh, my goodness. That was just, I was falling over laughing. I just couldn't believe it. You were not surprised at all. Not at all. I mean, this guy is a... Is a you know, he's got a refined skill for picking up hotties in parks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And if and if it wasn't enough and obvious enough that he has a slack line in a park and approaching every, every hottie that comes by him, he's got a sticker on his car <laughs> advertising to the world that he is, in fact, a MILF hunter. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if he'll ever listen to this podcast. I did tell him about Evolving mm. Love Project at the end. I can't remember how that how that came up. Some I'm sure you got it into the conversation. It came up naturally somehow. But he wasn't flirting oh, with you at no, all. No, it was because my friend mentioned something about a retreat because she was coming down for the retreat, which was coming up. And then mm. I said, oh, you know, retreat. And he sort of said, oh, what, what happens on your retreat? And I just said, oh, you know, polyamorous, non-monogamous relationship. A lot of a lot of cool mums, actually. <laughs> a lot of the milf Oh my hunter. gosh, he should have brought his slack line out the front, oh, packed with milfs. He should have. He should have. Oh, maybe that's a, a future retreat offering. You could have. You could have the milf hunter just make a little appearance, a little cameo appearance. So, milf hunter, if you are in fact listening to this podcast, send me a DM. We encourage you. We we implore you to to reach out to us uh, with your unique skill set and your confidence. Mm, he had a really cool name too. What was it? Oh, I can't remember. Sunshine or something? No, not no. That's a beautiful name. No, that is a he beautiful had. Name. He had. I can't remember what his name was, but it was something mm. cool. It was something memorable, but unfortunately, I can't remember. It. My brain's too packed. Yeah. Well, good on you, Milf Hunter. We hope to to see you again soon. Oh, Milf Hunter. Would you go on a date with Milf Hunter? <sighs> you know, I, I I respect his confidence. I know it says a lot. It says a lot. I mean, he's obviously he's he's a confident guy. Yeah. To have that, he's obviously cheeky as anything. Yeah. I'd go for a coffee. Okay. Okay. I'd go for a coffee because just because I'm curious, I want to know how. Like, is he killing it? Like, is he just oh, like totally. out there cleaning up with his slack line? Yes. <laughs> he's absolutely like. You would not have a sticker on your car that says MILF Hunter if you weren't at least somewhat successful in your hunting abilities. The funny thing is if you thought, if you drove past that car and you saw MILF Hunter, you'd think, oh my gosh, who is this like arrogant mm. person? He does not fit the profile mm. of someone who you would think would have that sticker on the car. He was like, he was so kind and gentle and humble and... Talking about beautiful nature and all. Oh my gosh. 
Well, maybe he's really setting the tone for how to hunt MILFs. I mean, you have yeah. confessed that he is he would get a, a coffee date with you. And there's a lot of people who wouldn't get a coffee date. So perhaps <laughs> MILF Hunter is, is really onto something here. He's definitely onto something. Just be nice to people and, and be into acrobatic things. I know. Oh, I do like acrobats. It's true. You have a, a history. Yeah. Oh, one, well, one acrobat. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one acrobat. Um, from, from another city, actually. Mm. Spe- and speaking of other cities. Yes. <laughs> There's plenty of other cities. Well, it's interesting. And I feel like this is something that even maybe we touched on with the Jessica Fern podcast. You know, mm. what is it like dating when you're sort of in this space? What's yes. it like dating when you're facilitating conversations or you're writing about non-monogamy or polyamory? I personally find it quite hard to date in Canberra for yes. a number of reasons. And one of the reasons is because we have our beautiful monthly conversation nights. We're in community with people. And I think I enjoy having a little bit of, there's got to be a little bit of separateness because in a place like Canberra, can, things can very quickly escalate to the point where like everybody is dating each other in the poly mm. scene and so many people are metamors. And I think I prefer to just be quite a neutral space because I don't want anything to go weird or for anybody to, you know, what if there's a breakup that happens? Oh, the or the ripple on effect. Something goes weird or someone's uncomfortable and I don't want somebody to not feel like they can come to a, a conversation night, you know? Yes, it's very true. I mean, if you're dating in a small place, yeah, and and Canberra's a, a moderately small city, but there's and we know people within the, our community and the ELP community that you know they're in they're in places with a thousand people in their town. Mm. Like that is a that That's is a small. tricky thing. That's small. Yeah, I yeah. remember when we first got back to Australia, we set up a dating profile, and we deliberately set our city, our location. For Sydney. Yeah. Because we thought, oh, we're going to bump into some people. We're going to match with our, you know, old high school teacher or, you know, <laughs> oh, dad's best that. mate. Oh, I would. Well, it depends on the teacher. but <laughs> Another one. Oh, yeah. I know the one too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then we, we, we set it to a, a, another city just to, to avoid any awkward, awkward bumpings in. I know. And then you know what happened? We matched with people from Canberra who we knew. Because Immediately. Because we were all doing the same thing and setting our location for Sydney. Yeah. It, <laughs> so apparently it wasn't the most novel idea. I don't think we use that dating site anymore but someone actually mentioned to me the other day that we still have a profile on there and yes. she was like oh are you and then mentioned the the name that we'd had which was just like a. it's actually a bit cringe it's oh it's so but it was deliberately cringe it's like a terrible well, don't it was, say it it was tongue-in-cheek <laughs> and when we delete when we delete our profile on that site uh, we will we will reveal what the name was oh my, on the podcast. Oh my gosh, I got the shock of my life because we were at the retreat having dinner, having a lovely chat. And she was like, "Oh, stumbled across your uh, blah blah profile the other day. What's your name about?" And was laughing at me, and I thought, "Oh my gosh!" And then she started referencing things that were written in the profile, and I started to freak out because I was like, "I can't even remember what we wrote. That was so long ago." And it was also an anonymous profile, so we could have written anything. But she rec- she recognized me from the photos. Yeah, I think she recognized you from just the body. <laughs> just from my body. Look, shout out to your body. <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. And also shout out to our friend and her, yeah. her levels of perception. I know. She was like, that is definitely Abby and Lee. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, we should probably put an end to that profile. I know. We should let it go. I feel like it's a it's a historical uh, you know, signifier of our past. Look, I we- did. I did go back and look at the profile. You did just yeah. to make sure. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure what we'd put on there wasn't, <laughs> wasn't too, uh, too crazy. I know. Well, I asked her, and she was like, "No, it wasn't crazy. It was all good." But then she did mention a couple of things about me. She's like, "Oh, I didn't know you were like into blah blah blah," and I was like, "Oh God." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was tongue in cheek, but uh, maybe we'll revisit. I know. Look, we made some amazing friends for life on that website. We did. Should we just name what the website was? No. We're, we're being very... No. Oh, because then people are going to be searching. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but we did. I mean, by the powers of deduction, people will be able to figure out if they are an Australian Australian uh, listener. But we did meet some incredible friends of ours. Yeah. One of whom actually came to the retreat. I know she did. She came to the retreat. Absolute legend. Yeah, she's beautiful. Her husband's beautiful, beautiful family, mm. just an absolute, just mm. beautiful example of, of awesome mothering mm. slash really hot. She is really hot. So hot. I know. They'll always be our all-time faves. <laughs> yeah. In joke there. Shout out. Ew, yeah. And that's the name of the group chat that we have with them. Yeah. That we've had for years. Yeah. We got quite a few group chats and some of them some of the names of the, the group chats, that's a tricky thing to try and get, you know, these novel names for, for group chats at I this know. point. So I one of the group chats that we're in, I just love it's just fire symbols. Mm. <laughs> that's a strong group chat. But then it also is interesting because sometimes the group chat oscillates between really fire conversations and then just really wholesome, cute I know cuteness. I know. Yeah. and But it's funny because I see the fire symbol and I see a new notification from that group and my brain instantly goes into naughty mode and then I look at it and it's like this cute little update. It's and something like, lovely, like a lovely, a beautiful family wholesome moment or something. Yeah. Yeah. But my brain's already in another gear and I'm like, okay, wind it back, wind it back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cuties. Absolute cuties. Yeah. So cute. So cute. Yeah. Well, you mentioned our Jessica Fern podcast mm. very briefly Loved and it. we did love it and thank you so much to everyone who's listened to it mm. we've had lots of comments and and you've so many had... beautiful messages and emails mm. yeah and it's it's amazing to to get the the feedback and we were just so stoked to have a chance to have a chat with her that was incredible it was amazing and david cooley he's oh, oh what a beautiful man beautiful i would love to mine his brain about lots of different things as well yeah. Yeah. Same. You touched oh. on psychedelics a little bit, which mm. is interesting. Yeah. And you had some interesting things to say about that. And yeah. We actually got pretty deep into that conversation, but we had to pull it back a little bit, I think, in the editing. Yeah. Um, you know, because it was just... I think we'll need a part two. We'll need a part two with them for sure. Yeah. And one hour is just, you know, it's tough to tough to, to squeeze so much into one hour. I just really appreciated how much they shared about their personal experiences together and individually. I just was not expecting them to share so much. It was so joyful. And, you know, one of my favorite mm. parts from the talk was Jessica talking about what it's like to date as Jessica, as Jessica Fern. That's so hard. I mean, she's just so hip. Imagine having Jessica Fern as your metamorph. 
like it, like somebody dating him. Like it's just incredible. Wow. How would you feel if I dated Jessica Fern? I'm probably a little bit. I mean, it would be incredible. God, it would be incredible. I think, yeah, you know, I think I'd feel amazing about it actually. Yeah. She is so nice. She is so nice. She's cool and beautiful. I think I'd be intimidated. You can keep up. Yeah, I'd give it a crack. I would be intimidated. But I'd be that annoying metamorph who just would want to be her best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be trying to hang out with her and you'd be like, hey, do you want to go for a coffee? And I would always want to hang out with her. I'd be trying to be best friends and, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd be like asking her for advice or... I mean, I don't know. It would get weird, surely. It would or maybe get weird. it wouldn't. I feel like she, not that we really got that deep into it, but she would have some nightmare stories. She would. She would have some absolute nightmare stories. Yeah, gosh. We have to have her back on the podcast because I want to hear about them. How do you think I'd be as a metamorph for Jessica Fern? Uh, I think we'd have to have lots of conversations. <laughs> I think we'd probably have to do a lot of... Uh, Unpacking <laughs> of different things. Well, it would be funny because if there was any weirdness, I'd probably turn to one of her books to, I know. to, to deconstruct it. I know. And the new book, Pollywise, is just mm. unbelievably good. Mm. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, unbelievably good. Incredible. And everyone who's who's reading it, everyone's been buying it and and uh, mm. and checking it out. Everyone's just obsessed exactly. with it. And for good reason. Esther Perel giving it the, the big ups and then Esther had her – just the other day released her podcast with Jessica Fern and that was amazing to see. I loved mm. that that Esther has had Jessica on the podcast. That just sends such a message that non-monogamy is happening. Mm. Non-monogamy is respected. Non-monogamy is not to be in the shadows anymore. And that was just such a message and I loved that. And we saw Esther Perel talk in 2017 in New York and I remember her saying that – uh, non-monogamous couples and people are relationship pioneers and she was very, very positive about non-monogamy. So, Yeah, oh. there was a question from the audience, I think, mm. and that was her response that people who are non-monogamous are relationship pioneers. I know, I felt so validated. Yeah, we felt pretty seen. I was like, thanks, Esther. Yeah, what a queen. I know, got that first edition of Mating in Captivity, been fans since the beginning. Mm, yeah, it's all tattered now and it's... <laughs> So it's odd. the whole thing. But I have noticed that that a lot of the stuff that she's done recently, she hasn't really engaged in much mm. talk on kind of non-monogamous stuff, mm. which is, is fascinating. Uh, well, she does in certain areas. She doesn't with mm. her own work, but she does actually go on a fair few panel discussions and talk about non-monogamy. And she mm. do, is in a fair few chats with Dan Savage. They are buddies, Esther Perel oh. and Dan Savage, and they complement each other really well because he's this – you know, quite out there, very opinionated, very non-monogamous, you know, and then she's she has the more sort of gentle mm. approach in the way that she articulates things and, you know, she's coming from that psychotherapist background. I love seeing them together. I mean, everyone just wants to know, like, is Esther Perel, I mean, I want to know, is Esther Perel non-monogamous? I mean, surely, if you had to bet. I would bet that. In her marriage, there would have been times of non-monogamy for sure. I mean, there's just no way that that's not the case. She's too hip. She's so hip. Yeah. And her partner seems really cool too. And Mating in Captivity, when I read that book, 
yes, it's for monogamous people. You know, the whole thing is like, you know, awakening the monogamous marriage. Mm. Um, But to me, so many of those concepts, so many of the theories, it's just, it's non, it's actually non-monogamous theory and values in a very delicate sort of almost like a watered down, more palatable, more understandable from the monogamous perspective because the whole thing is the the distance, the separate, the the space. You know, fire needs space. Fire needs air. Mm. Um, you know, and I think as being non-monogamous, we've just sort of taken that a little bit. We've taken that advice. Just ran with it. And have run with that advice. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Good on you, Esther. Good on you, Esther. But her comments section was crazy when she shared that yeah, she well, did the is, podcast with Jessica Fern. Well, this is the amazing thing is that the Esther Bra has a huge following, obviously of- 1.7 million. 1.7 million, which is quite a lot. And more than us. <laughs> slightly more than little old ELP. But um, the, the amazing thing is that she hasn't really platformed any, I mean, Dan Savage, as you mentioned, but um, she doesn't regularly platform experts in non-monogamy. Mm. And that's partly because there's not as many prominent experts in non-monogamy. Mm. But Jessica Fern is like the, you know, yeah. the authority as far as like non-monogamous authors go. Yes. Um, and of course, there's others and Ethical Slut and Dossie Eastern, you know, all, all these other really great voices. But um you know, it's it's really amazing to see her platform, Jessica Fern. Mm. But then, as you said, it's crazy to see the response of people who are obviously not fans of non-monogamy. Well, I think most of the comments were positive from what I read, but wow, the negative ones just stand out. And Yeah, go on. Okay, so one person says, I think this comment's fine, but one person says... I'd like to see some information on the link between polyamory and mood disorders, mental health conditions and neurodiversity, anxiety, depression, ADHD, BPD, narcissism, to name a few, seem to be prevalent in the polyamorous community. I'd also like to hear about the connection between ASD and polyamory. Also a discussion and clarity about the differences between polyamory and other forms of consensual non-monogamy that do not include or lead to emotional bonding, but can be very successfully navigated by emotionally monogamous couples, especially those with diverse sexualities. Now that's an interesting comment. I thought it was really interesting. That's a fascinating. That's a fascinating comment. Um, that is actually a really fair comment. Totally. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's just really uh, you know posing the question, you know, and p- perhaps I'm trying to think of the best person to answer that. Who would be the best person to answer that? Maybe polyphilia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because she's she's an amazing. Um, Leanne Liu, I think. Yeah, Leanne Liu. Yes, and, and and she identifies as an autistic, polyamorous, uh, bisexual, queer. queer woman, and I think she'd she'd have yeah, a fascinating response amazing. to that. We'd love to chat with her. Someone wrote a comment in response to that comment saying, "No wonder that sounds like a recipe for a mental disorder. So unsettling." This being more normalized is terrible for society and community at large. It is not conducive for raising children and our future generations will be raised also without the security and safety a nuclear family provides. It's going against human evolution and our natural desires. 
The book Hunter Gatherer's Guide to the 21st Century Evolution and the Challenges of Modern Life had a chapter on monogamy and how it's furthered our existence through time and how non monogamy in culture is anti human. Yeah, nah. Then, then someone commented in response to that saying, no, it's not. The link to ASD and especially queerness with polyamory is not a bad thing. It means that people who already live outside of social norms are more comfortable questioning them in all areas. Monogamy, especially marriage, stems from ownership over others, historically women, and marriage as a business dealing. Community is always the better option. Anyway, the comments are just like really interesting, but it's so... Yeah, I just found that. I just, I People just oppose, are so extreme. Well, I oppose everything that she really highlights in her, <laughs> in her comment. Yeah. So, what do you think about the fact that she says this sounds like a recipe for a mental disorder? <laughs> so unsettling. Well, I mean. I don't know how many polyamorous or non-monogamous people this woman knows. I'm assuming it's mm. none because who wants to come out to her and tell her that they're polyamorous? I certainly wouldn't. I mean, you can get a feel for somebody of how judgmental they're going to be just in, you know, different opinions about things. But I mean, I know, I would guess, I probably know more polyamorous people than this commenter. Mm. I know polyamory can have its struggles, but I think that is incredibly extreme. Yeah. It's just very nasty. And it's just so polarizing. It is. It just there's just really no need. Uh it's just it just immediately others absolutely everyone in the non-monogamous community. I know, and then it's straight into like, straight to the children, like this is not the way to raise children. If you scroll down, then there's another comment from this same woman and she says children should be raised by a mother and a father and it's like, okay. Wow. You know, but that's people's beliefs, you know, some people people. Absolutely, and the important thing is that the people having beliefs is totally fine. You know, but when you start attacking other people for their belief system, certainly in a nasty and completely condescending way, I think that's when it crosses <laughs> the line to you can have your beliefs, but maybe don't shove them down people's throat, uh, especially in response to this beautiful comment that was really just questioning and inquisitive. I liked that. Like that would be a great podcast episode. Mm, and Justin Lee Miller is an, mm. another amazing expert um, on sexology and and uh, in particular uh, the science and the research around this mm. would have an amazing answer to that mm. as well. But it really uh, it really is quite shocking to read someone publicly post that on a comment thread. And I'm I, I almost want I, to send her. Well, I nearly followed the commenter from Evolving Love Project, but then oh. I was like, no, no, she's a very like wholesome. Mama, like she has an open profile, but I was having a look. Well, I would like, I would like to invite her on the podcast. On the podcast, <laughs> this is my pledge to the listeners of ELP: mm-hmm. is that I'm going to draft her. <laughs> I will draft her a message, and you'll mm. you can send it from ELP to hers, inviting her on the podcast. Should I do it in the comments saying this was a fascinating comment, like so extreme. Would you like to come on our podcast? We'd love to have you as a guest. I think you should send it to her in a DM. Okay. Just immediately. I don't want everyone else to be on the journey as well. (laughs) Well, I think we're putting them on the journey in this podcast. Mm. So, you know, what we'll do is I'll, I'll draft 
a beautifully nice message, just mm. saying, look, you know, it would be fascinating to have a really great discussion and dialogue yeah. about your views. Yeah. In particular, how you feel non-monogamy in culture is anti-human. <laughs> I mean, how how absolutely Actually, brutal is that? I know. Look, it's not the... It doesn't get any more brutal. It's, and, not, and the, I, it's not the brightest comment I've ever read. And And the thing that I first go to is that I wonder whether she's, you know, like deeply religious. I think so. Because like in, a, in another comment she says marriage, like marriage is for a man and a woman or something. So usually, yeah, usually underneath, a, underneath a comment like that is a, is a deeply religious person for sure. Yeah, but we will find out because mm-hmm. we'll reach out and I'd love to have a very civil discussion with her. I would love to because it's important that people <laughs> people like her. She's probably not got any examples yeah. of non-monogamous people in her life. Well, that's why I nearly followed her from Evolving Love Project because I was going to I was going to um, follow her, mm. and then I was going to like a couple of her photos because then she would see. See, that feels a little like taking I've... the piss, though. A little bit. Why? Because you're like, eh, check it out. No, I'm just like, well, she's clearly doesn't know any non-monogamous or polyamorous people mm. because any nobody wants to be <laughs> Sorry, her I just know <laughs> nobody wants to be her friend who's polyamorous. Of course not. She does not have any poly- she does not know any polyamorous people. Well, she's about to. She's about to, baby. And I'm going to be so nice. I'm going to send her the nicest comment. Um, okay. We're going we're gonna to see what happens. It can be a, an evolving love project experiment. And this actually goes into something I'm, that I'm really intrigued about exploring on the podcast mm-hmm. is actually um, having some podcast episodes and guests with people who, who really do differ in, opi- in opinions mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that's you know people who are very religious mm-hmm. um, or people who uh, maybe just don't agree with non-monogamy mm-hmm. for a particular reason or have mm-hmm. very unspoken views, case in point, mm-hmm. this lady. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it is really important to, to have conversations and maybe destigmatize and and maybe alleviate some of her fears for the children of the world. Mm, I mean, such a such an incredibly intense thing to uh, to incite mm. is is people's fear for the welfare of children. Mm. And this is something that that gay and queer people, you know, when all of the the marriage equality thing was happening, mm. uh, you know, they had to fight through all of this. And you know, the gay rights movements, you know, they had to fight for the ability to adopt and for yeah. the ability to have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is a this is a an argument and a and a discussion that has been happening for a long time. Mm. And now it's just shifted to to people who mm. you know have this uh non-monogamous viewpoint. Yeah, I often find that when people have such an intense reaction to it, there usually is something lying underneath it. It's like usually, being a secret slut. <laughs> you know, well, kind of. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's usually sort of some religious undertone or, and what I've seen a lot, and actually what I've seen in a couple of my friendship circles from, and I and I actually wrote about it recently in Evolving Love Project, um, men who often are really turned off by the thought of being non-monogamous with their partners and their partners saying, hey, let's like give this a go or do you want to learn about it or like Abby and Liam 
And the partner is like, oh my gosh, like absolutely not. Like there is no way that we're doing that. There's no way like you're not going to be with other people. And Mm. to the point where they sort of want to step back a bit from a friendship with us. And Mm. then it comes out that this person who is saying no, 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 is actually a cheater and has actually been cheating on them. And I find that really interesting mm. because I feel like some in that situation, I feel like it's the radical honesty and the communication and the, mm. and the transparency that is required in non-monogamy is just so different. It's mm. so on another planet to where they are at. They just can't even engage like at all. It's just like way, it's like way too close, but also way too far. And it's also just easy to cheat. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, so lazy. It's so lazy. It's just it's the like, easy option. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to cheat. I'll go to the boys weekend and I'll just cheat and then come back and, you know, don't have to communicate with my partner and we just do have, the same thing. Don't and, have to do any work. Don't have yeah. to build compersion. It's like the meanest. Mm. Um, yeah, it is lazy. It's just it? lazy. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. And polyamorous people, non-monogamous people, they cheat too. Well, they, you know. well, they can cheat for sure, of course, because it's like, what is cheating? You know, it's the, to me, it's What's the, the Esther Perel definition. Yeah, yeah. It's Esther Perel says cheating is having an erotic energy or some form of, I think it's like an erotic communication with somebody, whether it be physical or emotional, that is secretive in nature. Mm. And I totally agree because it's like the withholding, mm. it's always can come down to the lie, you know, mm. with the cheating. But yeah, it's very interesting. But I sometimes, I think I was in a conversation recently with somebody who I love so dearly and um, they were saying, they sort of kept coming back to, you know, well, I say it's not, you know, it's different to cheating. At least it's not cheating, you know, because they're honest about it. And to me, I still felt like the drawing the connection between being non-monogamous and sort of saying, well, at least it's not cheat or like it's better than cheating. We're still putting it in the like cheating yes. bracket, which still was really like, no, what we're doing is not, it's not, it's not to do with that. Yeah. You know, how do you think about that? Well, I think it's, yeah, it's just a moral argument, but it's, it's strange to put them in the same basket. Mm. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I guess you you can go in the, the, the same basket as the all the cheaters, but you're just a little better. The basket <laughs> looks a little nicer. This person didn't mean nicer. it like that. She didn't mean it like that. She was just sort of, you know. But it but it's fascinating how even even just that, and obviously she didn't mean it like that, but it's still, it's the, the relativity of it all. Yes. You know, it, you can see how they got to the place where they went, oh, but it's a little bit better than that. Mm, and that's when it comes down to the, there's so much misunderstanding of what cheating is. And it can mm. come down to that sort of, it's almost like that playground, like that school understanding of it. It's like, is cheating when you hold hands or is it when you kiss? Like it's sort of, it's about the act and not about the the secrecy mm. or the intention, the deliberate withholding, you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, cheating is really when you watch Netflix and you watch a show that you've promised your partner that you wouldn't watch. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, we haven't done that for ages. It's happened before, I'm sure. 
oh, I finished a White Lotus episode when you'd fallen asleep. Oh. I couldn't not finish it. That's an interesting show when it comes to non-monogamy and yes. cheating. We don't want to give away any spoilers, but very interesting. You know, the two different couples that are on holiday together and one... can't believe you brought up White Lotus. Why? No, my mind is my mind is racing. I know you're obsessed with the Italian girl. Everyone is. Everyone is. Simona. Simona. <laughs> Shout out if you want to come on ELP. <laughs> I think she's dating Leonardo DiCaprio. Sorry, babe. I think she was in the same room. I I did my due diligence here. I okay, bet. so they were at the same event and they were seen together, but I don't know if they. We're dating. He just does what he wants. He just watches White Lotus and then he texts his manager, oh no, his assistant, and he's like, organize a date for me and her within the week. And then it's just, he's just having a date. Well, I invited her on the ELP podcast. What? Yeah. You invited her? Yeah, I reached out. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. But <laughs> if you only. You told me, you can't go rogue. Oh, that would be amazing. Any decisions like this are a group. This is a, a group decision. God, that'd be glorious. We'd, Podcast, we'd fly to yes. Italy. We'd do it. In, we'd have to do it in person. <laughs> oh my gosh. It would be. It would be. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. White Lotus is a very interesting. Mm. Has some very interesting non-monogamous themes through it, and about happy monogamous. Or no, what? There was like one couple that were really unhappy, but they were monogamous. Mm. They're like really hanging on to their monogamy. monogamy. And the jealousy. And they had so much jealousy and they were, the relationship was quite quite deflated. Mm. And then there was this other couple, but they had an interesting, a, a, don't, a don't ask, don't tell. Yes. And they both struggled with it a bit, but they were not, no one was under any illusions as to what was going on. And they had quite a happy relationship. Like they were weird. They were definitely weird. Like they weren't very likable characters. No, but they- She they, was quite sweet. But they had a, I guess they had an arrangement that worked worked for them. Yeah. And then was ultimately extremely confusing for the other couple. Yeah. Because they were thinking, we're the ones who don't cheat on each other, but they're really happy but it appears that they cheat on each other. Mm. So how is this working? Mm. I know it was really fascinating. Yeah, that's that is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Also, that guy, he's really hot too. Okay. The douchebag guy. Yes, and he's English. I know. The he's... actor's actually English. I know. I was looking up up on YouTube after I watched the show. Yeah. It's <laughs> watching interviews of him. I mean, you weren't the only <laughs> woman to do that. Yeah. What was his name? Oh, I forget his name. I forget the actor's name. Definitely seen him in something else before. Okay. How anyway. do we get to the season three White Lotus after party? <laughs> I'm sure they'll be invited back. Because remember the in the in the second season. That oh, awesome Stifler's mum. Stifler's mum. The ultimate MILF. Speaking of back. speaking of MILF hunters, that oh, yeah. American Pie MILF, yeah. that's where MILF was born, the word. Yeah, that's MILF where MILF didn't exist. Mm. Shout out to Stifler's mom. She's incredible. She is incredible. And in that show, she is incredible. But I think there is absolutely no way they wouldn't get Simona back for season three. Well, no, because she was location specific. So oh, you'd only do it you'd in only, Italy again. You'd ha- you'd Just only... Do, it up, do it in Greece, somewhere close. Then it would make sense no. thematically. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think so. Because the first one's in Hawaii. Yeah. And then the second one's okay. in Plot Italy. Twist. 
The what? next one's in Australia. Oh my god! And she's come out to a retreat <laughs> at Soma in Byron Bay. <laughs> little slight little plug for our retreat that we're running in September 2024. Simona, you can be our special guest. I know. Oh. Yep. Amazing. I think the bed will be bigger. Well, enough. they probably wouldn't come out and film it there because um, Nine Perfect Strangers has already been filmed at Soma, where okay. we will be hosting our couples retreat next year. Plug again. Yeah, we will be doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, look, you know, Simona might be in Australia. But one thing I do find amazing is that I, so I followed, you know, obviously I followed her Instagram <laughs> and it's amazing to see which of my friends follow her Instagram. You're a psycho. And like all of her photos. You are a psycho. Now. I'm so interested to know now. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to obviously go through the <laughs> no, roll call. No, you're not going to name them. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the roll call on the on on the microphone. But there's a lot of like very monogamous friends of mine who are just like I'm telling liking you, every photo. People are not as monogamous. They're not monogamous. <laughs> They're not monogamous in their um private moments. But I do find it interesting. It's like, what do people like? I never go and like. I'd never like one of her photos. Why? But it's like what. Well, what, what, what's the aim of, of liking a photo? Is it like... Is it's it like, true. It's just outing yourself to your friends. Yeah. Who are also following. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. But it's like, if, if you like it, she might she might see... She might see... And go, oh, this there's a hottie who just I think liked. it makes people... I think it's a bit of a parasocial thing. People feel like they have a bit more of a connection. Mm. Like they're sort of engaging with her immediately. So they're going to like, like her photo and... Yeah. They see a photo and they're just like immediately like, bam, 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 double tap. Yeah. I triple tap. <laughs> I triple tap. <laughs> I think, yeah, is triple tap when? It was a, it was a play on words. We're going to have to edit that bit out. No, we're going to leave it right in. Well, I was thinking when you triple tap, doesn't that take away the like? Because, you know, if you tap it too many times, you're just freaking out. I know, I, I know, I'm about. sorry, it's late. I'm silly. I That's didn't all right. get it. That's all right. We're rolling with it, and I'm definitely leaving it in. Okay, a hundred percent. Embarrassing. A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, but speaking of Soma, we are very excited to yeah. be doing our retreat next year. Yeah, it's going to and be so And we have beautiful. been already chatting with, uh, doing some um, kind of pre-chats with some people who are really interested because we're going to be chatting with all yeah. the couples um, just yeah. to make sure it's a right fit for everyone and right fit for us and them. Exactly. Yeah, we're not sort of in a rush to lock everything in, like rush to lock everybody in who we're, who has applied. We're just sort of making sure everyone's the right the right mix, mm. as you said, for us and for them. But also, you know, it's just, it's just classic vetting. Um, and there's been some, you know, I have been getting messages from people being like, we're a throuple, can we come, you know, and then it's like I'm looking into it a little further and they're actually just like a group of mates, like yeah. a group of friends who really want to come along and they're like, we can save on the room if we come and like, you know, like don't have a partner, but let's like let's like go as a throuple. But we can't have that. We can have genuine throuples. Absolutely. We absolutely can have genuine throuples. The maximum per room is three people, um, but we do want it to be people who are in – genuine relationships yes um because we will be doing exercises and um yeah group work together where we sort of like split off into our partnership uh partnerships as well um so we want that to be all very real and authentic so we just can't 
Um, we can't fly under the radar. We can't. No one's flying under the radar. Yeah. Um. You know, with their with their bestie from high school, he's just like, let's let's go on the evolving love project couples retreat. <laughs> but if you are interested, please reach out to us. Yeah. Um. Because, uh, yeah, now's a good time to exactly. do it. Exactly. And we are chatting with um lots of uh, people yes. who are interested in coming along. Yes. So there is a limited amount of of rooms. It's only ten. It's only there ten. There are rooms. only ten rooms. But we're very excited. It's going to be super, super beautiful. And if anybody wants to check out um, Soma, they've got their beautiful Instagram, Soma.Byron. And then also watch Nine Perfect Strangers. It's such a good show starring Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, mm. other babes. But that is a retreat that goes bad. So, so watch it with the idea in mind that our retreat will be way better. I do have the very long hair, but I won't be giving you special smoothies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We won't be drugging people with smoothies like Nicole Kidman does. No. no. Yeah. And speaking of, it is a sober retreat. It is like it is. a it's not a it's not like a resort. There are um non-monogamous and swingers resorts out there um like um hedonism I think in Jamaica. Jamaica. Yep. And there are a few other places um, in the world. This is not like that. This is a retreat where we're doing yoga together. We're having intentional conversations. We are, you know, sitting in conversation circles, splitting off into groups. There's an ice bath. There's an ice bath. There's an infrared sauna. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, There's gonna just be going to be lots of glorious. retreat activities and also retreat downtime and it is going to be a sober and a vegetarian three three nights yeah it's gonna yep. be amazing so yep. we are excited about that yep. so that's a little plug yes that's a little plug out the way for other plugs we are doing more conversation nights in sydney which is very exciting yes and that's going to happen in october and november yep and also in canberra as well and then maybe a, an australia tour I know. Maybe an Australia oh, tour. That would be so an good. An international tour. I know. Speaking of touring, yep. I did have a little, little trip away recently. You did? I know. I, I had a little um, skipped off to another town, just another city, just for one night, which was so lovely. I just mm. went for two. You'd been talking me into it for a little while. Well, I said you should just, you know, we've had a, we've had a busy few months and I said, well, you know what you should do. You should... Jump on a plane and... I can't date in Canberra. Well, you can. I can. You could. Okay. Yeah, you could and you have and you will. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely will. But uh, but this this particular uh, gentleman is lovely and um, he's a legend. And I said, just go, just jump on a, a quick little trip, quick, quick little flight and have a nice little uh, relaxing slash... It Fun was, time. It was really nice. And I'd had a coffee with him, I think, in December last year. And then we'd been in touch and, um, yeah, mm. we're in the DMs. We're in the DMs. In the DMs. I know. I think if we lived closer, we'd prob- I'd probably see him maybe a lot more often. Yeah. 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 You're Definitely. grinning. I'm grinning. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I'm thoroughly approving of such things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But that... Whole like eight hour drive, or eight yeah I guess eight hour drive. That's a that's a long drive. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's, it's too far to drive. But a little flight. A little flight. I'm giving it away where I went. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. 
It could be central New South Wales. I don't think so. He could be, he could be living on a farm. He could be a farmer. He's not a farmer and it wasn't central New South Wales. He could, be a, he could be a locum doctor working in a regional hospital. There are so many non-monogamous doctors. Speaking of doctors. Good segue. I love it. Proud of me. So proud. <laughs> there are a lot of non-monogamous doctors. That I is know, true. I know. Yeah. We could basically start a hospital. <laughs> yeah. If all the non-monogamous health workers moved... I mean, there'll be many there hospitals. There are so many. Yeah. I know. And then all of the psychologists yeah. as well. We definitely need a huge psychologist wing. Yeah. Well, maybe the psychologist, non-monogamous psychologist could answer the Instagram lady's question about mm. mental health. Yes. Maybe we should get one of our psychologist friends on here to answer that question. I know. We should get, yeah, to be on the on the podcast when we have this, this woman on. Yes. Angry angry woman no we're gonna charm her she's gonna love it yeah she'll be non-monogamous in no time <laughs> yeah well we're not on a i must say that was a joke yeah we're just not. to clarify we're not crusaders <laughs> we're, but we are crusaders we're not on for, a mission we are crusaders for love and acceptance yeah and she was not accepting no, so i am not. on a crusade you are to make her an accepting person. Yeah, encourage her to be an accepting person. I mean, I you think if anyone someone. could talk her into it, babe, it's definitely going to be you. Look, look little, at your cheeky, beautiful smile. Look, a little wink and a nudge. <laughs> a little wink and a nudge. Yeah, yeah. How monogamous are you, lady? <laughs> look, we'll find out. We'll find out. Oh my goodness! I can't wait to draft that message. Oh, I know. Well, you've been killing it in the non-monogamous space. Things are fun. <laughs> you're doing you're doing great. Yeah, I've been having some some lovely uh situations. Yeah. I've been enjoying that. I mean, I haven't had a lot of time. So the the situations it's not like I'm, you know, out well, it's not about quantity. Tearing it up. Very happy. Yeah. I'm smiling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun to explore a new connection. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting your new connection. I haven't met her yet because mm. we've just been totally flat out. But I we- think her and I are gonna grab a coffee soon. Yeah. Well, it was the kind of thing where we were all going to catch up together, but it was just the logistics were just insane. The logistics were insane and I have just been, just haven't had too much bandwidth. Mm. I think with everything, you know, with like retreat and different things have been happening and yeah, work and parenting, but um, I think we're definitely going to get together, the three of us at some point too. Oh, we will. Would I be crashing? No. Isn't that weird dynamic where it's like you two have already got a, like a hot thing going on and well, then it's like, oh, we you do know, have a hot now my wife on. wants to. <laughs> you are more than welcome. She's so lovely. She's very, um, she seems very excited at the thought of like meeting me and maybe the three of us will hang out. I mean, I just want to go to like a cute bar, oh, the so three of I. us. Oh. I love that. I love like getting dressed up, looking cute, confusing the bar staff. Mm. It's one of my favorite things. Actually, after our Sydney Convo night, one of the women who came along, who's awesome, definitely just an amazing woman, we were chatting and she was like, I love it when we're out. And if we're on a throuple mm. date, her and her husband, she's like, we're on a throuple mm. date and, you know, confuse the bar staff. And I was like, that's my thing. I love that. Oh. So I'm thinking maybe we could do this with this new beautiful woman that you've been seeing. I would. I'm so all in for that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time we went on a date with a partner of mine or a long time ago. Probably a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like it's been a long time since we've like gotten dressed up 
and gone somewhere like really cute, like out in public with a date. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We used to do it in New York a lot. Mm. That was really fun. Yeah. I remember going to the, the Gramercy Park Hotel, the Rose Bar, which yes. is now no longer there. I found yeah. that in my recent trip. The COVID managed to get that. Yeah. But there was an amazing, there was an amazing bar and we were, we were friends with the the band who would play oh. every week. And I said to my man, I said, look, you know, and we were still not super out to some we of early my, days. some of my friends. Oh, we were barely out to anyone. Yeah. But I was, I, I said, <laughs> I, I said to, I said to my friend, I said, I said, look, we're going to come, we're going to come and bring, we're going to bring, <laughs> we're going to bring a girl with us. And if you see us all making out, don't be too surprised because <laughs> that's kind of a vibe. And he was like, oh, and he's so beautiful. Yeah. And he didn't even, I think that was the first time I'd told him anything. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. But the funniest <laughs> part about that situation was that he told the band leader. I know. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah, go on. You, you, you recount it. I'd love to hear your retelling. Well, I just remember, well, I just remember him staring at us a lot mm. and like just watching us like the entire gig and he's quite the personality. And then I think he was um, saying things to us while he was performing. I can't on remember what he said on the microphone. Yeah. He was saying cheeky things like, oh, I know these guys are going to have a great night tonight <laughs> or something like that. I know. It was so much fun. Yeah. We it was all crazy. loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just so funny. I felt like our cover was well and truly blown and then kind of celebrated in I a know. beautiful way. Oh, so good. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening to today's episode. If you are interested in coming along to our couples retreat next year in September, please do send an inquiry through to evolvingloveproject.com. We would love to hear from you and we can organize a time to jump on the Zoom. If you would like to come to our Sydney conversation nights or Canberra conversation nights, um, please just message me. We do ask for a short little video verification video just saying hi and that you'd like to come along. Although the tickets are almost sold out for both of those. They are actually. So depending on when you listen to this, the chances of there still being tickets may be small. There may be some still for the November nights. October will be done. Yeah. So act quick. Yes. Amazing. Act quick. But thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.